Hi, I'm Darren Wright. And I'm Tim Beadle. Welcome to Disciple Making. Hey, welcome again to another edition of the Disciple Making Podcast. I'm Tim Beadle with my friend Darren Ride. Uh, Darren, DNA technology over the, the past years has really uh, changed the uh, framework of uh, investigative policing and detective work. Uh, I was uh, reading the other day, uh, the most famous person who ever sat in jail, uh, David Milgard, for 23 years, was finally exonerated because of DNA evidence that cleared his name. And uh, I've heard it say, uh, in terms of our witness as a Christ follower and a disciple maker, uh, is there enough evidence to convict you of that? (laughs) It all comes down to DNA. And so uh, I say that because I I have in my hand here a copy of your book. Actually, I've got a few copies of your book, uh, The DNA of a Christ Follower, uh, The Eight Essential Traits. And in this podcast, we're going to start unpacking uh, because this obviously uh, is your passion. And also you can unpack, uh, because a very unusual title that gets to the heart of who we are in Christ. Oh, thanks, Tim. Yeah, appreciate the chance to talk about this. It's been a, a long-term project for me. It was way back over 20 years ago, actually, where I was at a week-long Sun Life event in Kananaskis. And I think during that week, I took two or three different Sun Life-related trainings. And one of them uh, part of the training was they introduced this idea that they referred to as the DDP, Description of a Discipled Person. And, and the idea was that, you know, if you're, if you're called to make disciples, you really ought to know what a disciple is. And so the challenge to us was that you wrestle through biblically what are the traits of a follower of Jesus, and then you think through, okay, then what does this mean on the ground? What kind of habits and attitudes and, you know, really round it out? And I thought, well, that's that's a pretty interesting, important question. So I really took it to heart and, and followed through with the assignment. And how long did it take uh, for you to sort of land on uh, the descriptions of a disciple person? Well, I'm not, I don't know how long my actual study was, but what I did, I just uh, opened a file on my computer and started reading the New Testament. And in fact, I think I marked it up first. And then I just made a list of all of the, anytime there is something mentioned that could kind of be seen as a trait of a follower of Jesus, either expected or, you know, anticipated. I would write it down. And uh, when I was done, I had 20-some pages, two columns <laughs> of all these possible traits, all these different descriptors of what a disciple is or ought to be. And I started trying to, you know, synthesize them and combine them. And I boil it down to eight traits. And uh, that became my own DDP. Uh, which became ultimately DNA. I actually preached a sermon series out of that called about DDP, Description of a Discipled Person, and uh, have since you know done that teaching many times. In, in one of my churches, it was kind of reframed as DNA. Somebody said, hey, this is kind of like DNA yeah. of a person. I said, that's a great idea. There you go. <laughs> and so reframed it as DNA. And I've, I've taught it. I taught it multiple times. And as, as with even my previous book on goal setting life planning, there was so much response to the teaching that I thought I really ought to write this down, you know, in a, in a, in a book form. And so I, I basically took, 
you know, took the sermon series and reworked it as a book. And that, that became the book DNA of a Christ follower. So as you were compiling this list of eight traits that we're going to get into along the way, uh, was there any real difference in terms of what the average church was upholding as a mature believer compared to what you were espousing as, you know, these eight essential traits uh, of a disciple person? Well, in the original Sun Life assignment, as I recall it, the challenge was initially to describe in terms of character, okay. not, not in terms of do's and don'ts, but in terms of actual character. And from the character, then you can extrapolate, you know, you know some actions and habits. And so I would say if there is a difference, and I will speak from my own background in the church, I think we would describe what a Christian is and isn't a lot of times traditionally by what we do and don't do. Yeah. Okay. And a lot of it would be church-based, you know, what we do or don't do in relation to church attendance and giving and serving all inside the confines of the church organizationally. And so the difference here would be that this is, these character traits are distinct from location. It's in church, it's out of church, it's at work, it's at school, in my family. This is what a believer in Jesus Christ, a follower of Jesus Christ is called to be, and I would dare say somewhat expected to be, and really is in character as a part of that following. Yeah, you know, over the years in church leadership, I've sat on many of boards where we had a discussion, how can we assimilate people into our church? We don't really use that word assimilate uh, much anymore. Well, at least I don't. I use the word adopt. That's mm-hmm. more relational. But um, what I'm hearing you say is that there's a character-based experience uh, really living from the inside out in our res- experience with, uh, with with Jesus as our Lord. You know, the Bible says a man looks on the head, but God looks at the heart. And, and the heart is a good place to start, obviously. So uh, I'm quite intrigued because usually we try to find people so they'll stay in our church. We get them involved in a certain amount of programs. Your approach sort of sounds and feels a little different, that we're going to be launched into a lifestyle that goes beyond the walls of our buildings. Well, yeah, again, if the call is to make disciples, uh, it, it it's going to look look consistent with the New Testament description of a disciple. I mean, they didn't have church buildings. <laughs> they didn't define a disciple in terms of Sunday morning worship and all that kind of stuff. They they had a different understanding of what it meant to follow Jesus. And I think that understanding is, is more thoroughgoing. I mean, you can go to church and you can serve and you can give, frankly, not even be a Christian, much less a follower of Jesus. In your book, I was quite intrigued to learn. I think you said if uh, people came to church three hours every week, which is probably the normal worship service, and then maybe a bit more for some people, if you consider how much that time is over an annual year, a long period, that's only six 24-hour days of influence that we actually have. So obviously uh, what happens in the church is, is, is not the end gain here. It's what extends out of it in terms of a lifestyle of a Christ follower. Oh, yeah. And I mean, even boil it down and recognize, you know, let's say the preacher's preaching for 30 minutes and that's a person's primary intake. You know, that's if they hit every Sunday, that's 26 hours of content. You know, that's about what what uh, the average person watches on TV in a week or two. That's true. It's kind of <laughs> sad. That's what we're getting in a year of biblical in- input, you know. So so it, we're really up against it when it comes to disciple making if it's all about what happens inside the church. Yeah. So, so I, I believe that uh, we basically reproduce in others uh, who we are. 
And also, you can only lead a person as far as you yourself have traveled or progressed down uh, the, the, the Christian pathway. So, so can we use that as a bit of a springboard uh, for you to take us into the book and maybe start looking at some of these uh, essential uh, qualities and traits? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and it's, it's interesting when you look at trying to describe a disciple, there's different biblical descriptions you can jump to right away. Like one obvious one is, is around the two commandments, the greatest commandment, and the great commandment. And we'll talk about that because that shows up in the traits. Another possible list is the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. You know, love, joy, peace, patience. There's nine, nine aspects of the fruit of the spirit. That's a description of uh, the person of Jesus, the character of Jesus. And, and I have been asked sometimes why, you know, why didn't I just adopt, you know, one of those, those lists. And, and I think the thing with a lot of biblical lists, they're not intended to be comprehensive, you know, like the gifts of the spirit, where we have a list of the gifts, it's not necessarily all the gifts, you know, and, and they're, they're biblical lists of things or in, in Proverbs where he talks about wisdom and folly, there's other things that are wisdom and other things that are folly that aren't listed. And so I wanted to just look at the, the comprehensive view of the New Testament. In fact, I did. I did tap the Old Testament a little bit, and uh, what I did was one time many years ago, I started doing a series in the Old Testament called "People Worth Imitating." Oh, okay, and I, you know, just some of the key key people. And I started, um, you know, started you know studying and preaching on them. But what happened very quickly in this series was it kind of bogged down because the people worth imitating had the same traits, mm. and really summed up in 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 really description of Abram Abraham believed God and obeyed God. <laughs> and it's like, I kept bumping into these two traits again and again. They believed God, they obeyed God. They believed God, they obeyed God. And so that, you know, so so belief and obedience became a big part, obviously, that I imported from the Old Testament, then along with all of those those possible New Testament traits. And, and uh, so I decided just to go, go with my list. I think, you know, if somebody else did the same exercise I did, there would be overlap conceptually, but the way it's labeled might be different. I hear you. Yeah. But, but I will say that I do believe that any trait you can find in the New Testament or any verse or fragment or phrase describing a believer probably fits into one of these eight traits that as I've described here. That was my intent, that it fits in some way. And for me personally, you know, apart from my role as a pastor, for me personally, it's been a good frame of reference for me just to almost in a in an inventory and you know evaluative kind of way you look and say are these traits showing up in my life today yeah it sort of becomes are these traits a, showing up at home becomes a framework or lens a set of lens through which yeah obviously you can look at your own life uh, through the prompting of the holy spirit or teaching of scripture but also how we understand how others are coming along i'm quite intrigued uh by the first um uh, after the introduction, you talk about uh, Christ followers versus Christians. Now, I'm assuming that all uh, Christ followers are Christians, but maybe not all who call themselves Christians are Christ followers. Yeah, I do spend some time, and I, in fact, I use that on the, you know, on the back cover of the book and even in the marketing of the book because it uh, it does set people back a little bit. And my conviction is that the word Christian has been cheapened greatly. You know, initially, you know, as, as I understand it, it was initially just a, a label given by outsiders, almost a, an insult. Uh, and then it was adopted by the Christians themselves and described Christ-like people, people associated with Jesus. But then it became, you know, over the years, it became a description of culture, a description of family of origin, a kind of country, you know, the, the, the kind of the philosophical background of a country, 
we talk about, you know, Christian, you know, Christian nation or a nation founded on Christian principles. And, you know, you can have people inside that nation or inside that family that has a church background who aren't followers of Jesus, but they might even call themselves Christian. Yeah, I hear. Yeah, well, obviously the early disciples, uh, even before they were called Christians, they just knew that these men had, well, they were uneducated, but they had spent time with Jesus and, and he had rubbed mm. off on them in a very dynamic way. Oh, that's, that's, I mean, that's a great, you know, I, I, I'm thinking, Tim, maybe we should just tie this off before we get into the traits and go into yeah. the traits okay. in our next episode. Sure. Uh, but, but, you know, it's, it's interesting when you say that because spending time with Jesus, they've had an encounter with Jesus. Yeah. They've continued encountering Jesus. I think that gets to the heart of what it means to be a Christ follower. There's a transformation that is, that is, yeah, there's a starting point, but it's ongoing. And I think that's when we talk about the character of a follower of Jesus. It comes down to that encounter with the person of Jesus by his spirit today. Yeah. So we, we have said in the past uh, that disciple making isn't a set of do's and don'ts or rules and regulations. It's uh, nothing less than being an imitator of Jesus himself, following what he did and then leading others along that journey. You know, Paul mm-hmm. said in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, you know, follow me as I follow Christ. So God uses us uh, in that equation in the Great Commission, you know, the command to go and make disciples in, in, into all the world. Uh, but the understanding is that they would be so changed. Their DNA would become so evident, as it were, that others would not only follow them, but follow them towards Jesus and eventually become a Christ follower. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, as we look at the traits, you know, it, it's more than just being a good person. It's more than just being a nice person. There are some, there are some strands of DNA that are unique to followers of Jesus Christ. Things that in character and growing out into action are different from just your average good person in society. Well, we're going to bring this episode of Disciple Making to a close with great anticipation uh, in the coming podcast to actually dig down deeper into these uh, eight essential traits of a fully disciple person. So thanks for joining with us. And uh, I'm Tim Beadle and my friend Darren Wright, and we'll look to catch up with you next time. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to imakedisciples.com or ChristFollowerDNA.com. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts.